0: Let me read for you a beautiful story. As he passed by, Jesus saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me. Well, it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means "sent." So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how are your eyes open? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees, the man who had formerly been blind. That was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud in my eyes and I washed and I see Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment, I came into this world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say, We see, your guilt remains. We see. Now what do we see? (laughs) Blind people notice things that we do not. Neil Vosberg, an old friend of mine, he was a great tenor and he would regularly be called upon to sing O Holy Night at a major Christmas production. Some 30,000 people were every year held in rapt awe as his voice soared to the great heights uh, with those amazing words, All on your knees. Our son Paul said it right. There's only one reason to go to the singing Christmas tree every year, to hear Neil worship God in that song. Neil and I were also both involved in the multitude of Easter services each year. One Easter morning after the fourth service, we were finally uh, able to make our way home. The place was packed. Even the lobby was filled with people as I tried to, quietly, make my way out to my car. Neil was standing by the door waiting for his ride. As I slid past him, I whispered, Have a great day, Neil. And he softly replied, You too, Rick. It took a while before it finally struck me. How do you know it was me? I'd never whispered to him before in my life. How could he so nonchalantly and naturally know it was me? So next time I saw him, I asked. Well, you see, Rick, every person has a certain way of talking. They use certain words, inflections, tonal change, etc. Actually, it's really easy to tell. (laughs) Wow, you know, really easy? Okay. Here's one more. At Christmas time, when the bell choir would perform... He knew them just by the sound of their bells. See, a person can only hold just so many bells. <laughs> so each person in the choir plays a few different notes. And Neil knew the pitch of each person's note. We were walking down the hall. The bell choirs waiting all in a row there. His first lady standing there, she rings her bell. And Neil says, Hi, Mary. <laughs> Next reading, lady rings, Hi, Joyce. Another ring, Hi, Fred. All the way down the line. All of them. They never said one word. But he knew who they were with nothing but the ring of a single note. And okay, Neil's special. (laughs) He has some amazing abilities. But the point is, some of those abilities he might never have developed if he had had his sight. It's true to say that blindness helped him Blind people see things that we miss, but he always wanted to see. He told me a number of times how often he had prayed for sight, although it was exciting for him to think that the first thing he might ever see is Jesus' face. Still, he prayed for sight. This man who had never seen desperately wanted to see. So did a man in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. And he is right next to Jesus in the middle of one of the most incredible stories in all of Scripture. Today, our joy is to focus on this man and his reaction to Jesus. Right from the moment when Jesus entered his life, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? That's a strange question. (laughs) In our day, you know, a blind person can live a life close to normal. Braille, there's Braille, there's specially configured computers, public transportation, all those modern communications, cell phones and that. on and on. Neil works full-time, has his own place, etc. Uh, it was not vaguely that good then. The only way to live was to beg. And if that wasn't bad enough, everybody knew this: If a person is born blind, then somebody sinned. Imagine this. There's this guy in a wheelchair but you know he's there because he was driving drunk with no license or insurance because he had been stopped so many times before for doing the same thing. And in that last wreck he caused, a mother and child were killed. You might look at that guy and think he deserves it. That's how they looked at our guy. That's what they were thinking. A woman is married to a man and he's just terrible. Well, she deserves what she got, right? But what if everybody thought her spouse seemed all right before she committed herself to him? But it turned out that that was only because he was hiding his addiction from everybody. Would it be her fault then? Was she foolishly deceived? What if somebody else was the drunk driver and the man in the wheelchair was just in the wrong place at the wrong time? What would we think now? Maybe our man's parents were the real sinners. (laughs) And he carried a stigma of sin all his life because of them. But Jesus said, It's neither. God wants to do a special work with him. This man is not blind due to a specific sin. But most people didn't think that way. They figured it had to be the parents. Although, incredibly, some of the scholars of the day thought, Well, maybe a fetus could sin. I know it's hard to believe, but that's how they worked it out because somebody has to have sinned here. Or there would be no blindness, right? So the disciples asked, which is it? It has to be one or the other, doesn't it? No, Jesus said, it's a false dilemma. It's not A or B. There's a C that you never thought of. And then Jesus does another weird thing. (laughs) He spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sin. So he went and washed And came back seeing. Okay, there's more than one weird thing here. Spit to make mud and then put it on his eyes? And then send him a blind guy clear to the other side of town to wash it off. Way on the other side of town. And perhaps we should be amazed that the guy agreed to go. I mean, it was quite a distance, but he did it. Why did he let Jesus smear and dirt on his eyes. He wasn't stupid. He knew what was going on. I think it's maybe because he'd been praying all his life for a solution and he knew this was it. Have you read that book about Job? God himself calls Job the best man on earth. Then he allows Satan to take all his wealth, kill all his children, and destroy his health. After that, three friends come to help Job out. To sum it up, they take a long time to say over and over again, Job, you must be sinning. You've got to be sinning because God doesn't let this much bad happen to a guy who is living right. But it's not true. And Job responds by talking, well, kind of to them, but maybe more to himself, about God. Then Job answered and said, Today also my complaint is bitter. My hand is heavy on account of my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would lay my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know what he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me in the greatness of his power? No. He would pay attention to me. There an upright man could argue with him and I would be acquitted forever by my judge. This blind man had poured his heart out to God all his life. And unlike the man at the pool who whined about how he just couldn't make it, he was ready without any questions or even other instructions from Jesus. Somehow, in spite of all that happened to him, he had learned to trust God, to hope in the one Creator God. So he was indeed healed. And then there's all those people who were sure he or his parents must be some kind of special sinners. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. Now, you know what you love, people? He's, he's standing right there in front of them saying, I'm the man. And they're discussing whether or not it's really him. <laughs> they don't believe him. They were so sure in their preconceived notions. How could a guy born in sin Get better. People don't really change, you know. And I love how he responds to them. He didn't hide from his past. In fact, he rejoiced in the change from it. He could rejoice because he wasn't that anymore. And we get to watch him bring glory to God. I mean, today, how many drunks are now sober? How many liars now pour out truth? How many have gone from hate to love? from being self-absorbed to serving others, from sinner to saint. Their lives changed dramatically. And it all brings significant glory to God. Hey, didn't you used to party with us? Yeah, but I'm not that guy anymore. Not to those nosy, self-righteous twits. (laughs) Okay, maybe some of them were truly, positively concerned This is basically what our man was saying. So he said to them, then how were, so they said to him, then how were your eyes open? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. He is willing immediately to give the facts of his salvation. And because he trusted God, he could give all the glory to Jesus don't miss, there isn't the slightest hint of bitterness here. He suffered all his life. And Jesus himself said it wasn't his fault. Yet there's no bitterness. How could he do it? How could he let Jesus put spit in his eyes? How could he convince himself to go all the way to Siloam? Because at the depth of his soul, he trusted God. Even though his life stunk, he trusted that God had a plan. But God's not done with him yet. No, he's not going to do another miracle. He's just going to crank the heat up a bit. (laughs) These people are amazed, so they bring him to the Jewish rulers. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. Don't know where he is. Don't know much about him. But I do know he is someone special. Jesus did something other people sure never did for me. Clearly, he knew Jesus was in touch with God in some special way. Prophets are in touch with God, so Jesus must be a prophet. Not much understanding yet on our blind man's part, but he's clear on that. Not that the Pharisees believed him, but the Father wants this ex-blind man to know him better yet, to know his son better. So how will we go about teaching him (laughs) He arranges another meeting with the Pharisees. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. you ever talked to someone who's really latent in their vicious envy? I mean, it takes you back a notch or two. But God knew how our man would respond when the heat increased. He held on to the one thing He knows is significant and true. How do we do when the pressure's on? Do we focus on what Jesus has done for us? Or do we get bitter and complain? Do we stand up for Jesus? Or do we fold? This guy does it right. So what is his reward for his good attitude? Well God cranks the pressure up. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? <laughs> okay, there's there's no way he thought they really did want to become Jesus' disciples. He's well, he's being sarcastic. <laughs> In fact, they don't impress him one little bit. I mean it's not like they cured his blindness. But truly, this is the the natural reaction of one who can see spiritually. When this one hears from God, he listens. When those false teachers heard Jesus had given him his sight, they should have become Jesus' disciples. But they could not. Instead, since they have no real answer, they attack the man and demean the one who healed him. We don't know where he comes from. What? (laughs) Listen to how our hero responds. Like... We should, when the pressure is on, with deeper thought, with greater conviction. The man answered, why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. You say he's a sinner? You're crazy. God listened to him. All his life, our man prays for sight, and at 50, he gets it. And unlike almost every other person who came into contact with Jesus, this man never wavers in his faith in Jesus. Besides, who's going to know better than a blind man whether any blind person has been miraculously healed? And there's this. It's very exciting to me. The man may not have noticed it himself, but he is beginning to think spiritually. This physical miracle points to a spiritual reality. This is the inescapable logical conclusion. Miracles are that which is impossible in the physical. In God's providential care, they must come from outside this world. And if you're a Jew, you know there's only one Creator God and He must be involved. And the Pharisees know it, but they have no answer that fits their preconceptions. So they attack his character and they cast him out. This is the ultimate pressure they can place on one poor blind beggar. Cut him off from all society. Why would God allow this? Why would he orchestrate this? Why did God set up this man's life like this? Born blind, ridiculed all his life, miraculously healed, and then cast out from the very place where he should have been able to worship God. Why did God do it? Because he loved him. He allowed him to be blind from birth because he loved him. He left him blind all through his childhood because he loved him. He left him with an undeserved stigma of sin because he loved him. He put spit on his face because he loved him. He made him walk a long ways to get his healing because he loved him. He arranged for all this enormous pressure because he loved him. He let him be cast out because he loved him. Okay, how is this love? <laughs> Jesus heard that they had cast him out and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered it, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. You have seen him. I think Jesus is saying, You saw me before you ever gained your sight. And now, this man got to do something that I would give everything to be able to do. He stood before God in human form. And he even understands who he is. He worshipped him. Did you notice Jesus searched for him having found him? Why did Jesus search for him? Because he loved him. He had carefully arranged this man's life so that when he did introduce himself the man could really know him. Jesus showed the man that he was indeed special and responsible for all his life. And he got to answer the ultimate question, do you believe? And what is the final outcome of a person born blind, ridiculed and given physical and spiritual sight? He worships his Lord and Savior. Okay. Let's grant that this man is special Everyone in Jerusalem heard about him. He has a whole chapter of the Bible dedicated to his story. I mean, how many people could say that? Throughout history, people all over the world have heard his story. And for all eternity, people will say, wow, you're that guy? <laughs> He's special indeed. But do you think he felt special for that half century when he had to sit eating people's Dust and hoping for a little pity in the form of charity. In the midst of his story, was there anyone in the world who would have said, See that guy with the spit and the dirt in his eyes? He's really special to God. <laughs> Nobody thought he was anybody. Well, except for one. God loved him so fervently, he focused on the eternal, on the spiritual being blind, going through all this trouble, was a gift from God. How can a bad thing be a gift from a good God? Because this bad thing cost one imperfect sinner to consider God, to consider the spiritual, to consider the eternal. And now God can bless him forever. Do you think anyone is looking at your story seeing the dirt and the filth on your face and saying, wow, she's so obviously special. He's so obviously the apple of God's eye. (laughs) But maybe somewhere deep in our souls is that tiny light of hope that this blind man had. Who knows where our story will lead. We were once blind, but God gave us sight. Now that He has, how do we carry ourselves when the pressure is on? Do we worry about what people will think? Or do we place our trust in God? Are we ready to let Jesus touch us with spit and dirt? (laughs) Or do we think we're just too clean for that? (laughs) Too good for that? Are we willing to make the effort to get our sight? Or is it just too much work? Do we admit our past? So that others can see the change Jesus made in our lives? Or do we pretend we were always perfect? Oh, are we kidding? We're perfect right now? Do we, as clearly as we can, say what God has done for us? Does everyone who knows us realize the mighty acts of God in our lives? Or are we lucky if even one person knows? Do we trust God enough that we can give him the glory? Do we believe God has a plan for our lives? Or do we become bitter? When the pressure is on, how do we respond? Do we think spiritually? Do we think ever more deeply? Does our conviction grow? Do we really trust God with our lives? Do we understand that throughout all eternity, people will say to us, Wow, you're that person? The one that God did that work on? (laughs) Do we worship him? I think it's related to the spit. (laughs) I mean, think of it. Jesus lived love for this man, putting spit on his face to give him a gift he never thought he'd have. But when Jesus gave himself up for us, the Jewish leaders in hate spit in his face. And then the Roman soldiers in mockery did the same. He had spit on his face on the cross with no way to wash it off except his own blood. They were both sent, but light came to our friend. Darkness enveloped Jesus on that tree. Even though they each had some believe and some not, and they were both rejected by the Jewish leaders, the blind man was accepted by God well, the son suffered rejection by the father. The blind man's parents barely admitted he belonged to them and refused to support him when the pressure was on. All those with Jesus abandoned him and fled for their lives. One was given a whole new life. The other gave his life away. But death could not hold him. And the life he gives through his sacrifice will last forever. Jesus never gave up hope, even in the darkest hours on the cross. He trusted his Father. The blind man trusted Jesus, even when there was no light. And because he believed, we will all listen in rapt attention as he retells his story in eternity. For all of us who believe, our stories that looked so dark when we were in them will be a wonder to see The new creation. So we got to ask what about you? Please make sure your story is told there.